Welcome to Leaders on the Rise. I'm Lydia Pierre, founder and CEO of Pierre Branding Group. We help create stories that resonate with audiences to forge unforgettable, unique brand experiences. These stories ultimately become infused with all aspects of the client's branding, thereby turning entrepreneurs into media celebrities by growing their authority and helping them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal to you how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome to Leaders on the Rise. I'm your host, Lydia Pierre, and here today we have our amazing guest all the way from Costa Rica, Mr. Richard Blank, CEO of Costa Rica's Conference Call Center. Hey, Richard. So happy to be here today, Lydia. Love sharing time with you and your amazing audience, and I got tons of fun stuff to share today. Oh, we're so excited to hear all about it because I know you're in a very unique space, a very unique world. And of course, you have everything from your coaching experience and your training when it comes to conference calls and and telemarketing and being able to debunk some of those myths that come alongside of that. I mean, I would love to be able to tap into some of that as well as just learning about how you got started and how you ended up in Costa Rica in the first place, of course. (laughs) So we want to hear all about that. So Richard, tell us about yourself. Tell us how you got started. Well, it really almost began in Northeast Philadelphia back in 1991 when I graduated Abington High School. I decided to double down on my favorite class. I couldn't do recess, so I had to choose Spanish. And I went to the University of Arizona and I was a Spanish communication major. And just like yourself, Lydia, I mastered public speaking. I studied rhetoric. So we make sure we have a solid delivery and message. And also I needed a special sauce. I studied micro expression reading. And then post-grad, I worked for the importers of Corona. So I always had a job with sales in Spanish. And when I was 27, I had a one in a million opportunity. I was able to come to Costa Rica for just a couple months and work in my friend's call center. Well, little did I know I've been here for 22 years. I married a Costa Rican. She and I started a business 14 years ago. And here we are today. Oh, wow. Journey of twists and turns. But once again, we have a happy story to share with you at the end. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, and I'm from Philadelphia as well. Well, not from Philadelphia. I ended up in Philadelphia, born in Brooklyn, raised in Philadelphia. So I'm very familiar with Northeast Philly because that's exactly where I was. <laughs> where were you in Northeast Philly? Um, we were right off Adams Avenue, um, right near the Roosevelt Boulevard and Adams Avenue. So, of course um, I know exactly where that is. Yes. I ran I think around Jacob that Town Felton Grove. That was my stomping grounds. Yes, yes. <laughs> So cool, Philly girl. There we go. There we go. There we go. That common ground. Yes. (laughs) But yes, but that's amazing. So Costa Rica, huh? Wow. Wow. And I was very lucky my friend was here. But you have to realize, Lydia, that when we're growing up, a lot of the times you could be given certain opinions that you need to follow. And a lot of the times your your career and destiny is pre-decided for you. So a lot of my friends are going to law school. They're going to, you know, they're studying medicine, architecture and engineering. And Me being a dreamer, I didn't know where this was going to take me, but I did know this. If I spoke a second language, it would make me marketable. But little did I know that when I first started seeing the call center industry, it opened my eyes. Look what you see in the movies from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross and the Wolf of Wall Street and Boiler Room. Yeah, there are some places like that, but also other verticals and profiled agents do not sell stock. 
Mm-hmm. Or maybe that sort of aggressive tone might not be appropriate for certain campaigns. Right. And so when I was here in this very strict Catholic country, I got to see the good and the bad and the happy and the sad of working at a call center. And Lydia, not saying that I cracked a business code, but I, I realized what we could do just to enhance the experience for the client and for the agent. I, I needed to make sure they had their dignity mm-hmm. and that they weren't treated like a robot or a number. And by starting my own company in my mid-30s, I was mature enough and had impulse control. But I also believed that I could start the company from the inside out, not as a C-level. I knew what it was like to hit the phones and, and to be with the people. And, and that gave me the confidence to throw my hat in the ring, Lydia, and try to start my own business. Oh, well, that's amazing. And I mean, of course, we want to speak to the 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 you taking that leap of faith, of course, and really just jumping out, not only starting your new business, but starting it in a whole different country. I mean, what did that take? Like what kind of gall and like really like how did you do that? Quite easily, because I look at it many different ways. The fact that I know that I'm a guest at Costa Rica, that's once again keeping an open mind, understanding and respecting their traditions, values, cultures. And, and I did study Spanish in high school and college. So I came in here very prepared to show good faith and, and also once again showing that I mastered their language to make it easier for them. And so my integration for this new culture was almost seamless. And it's a beautiful, beautiful country. We're north of Panama, south of Nicaragua, smack dab in Central America. And there's a culture here. It's called Pura Vida, which translates to pure life. There's a lot of ecotourism here. So once again, there's a lot of natural beauty and appreciation. And it really comes out in the culture and the people. And so I'm really in a wonderful environment where people know their neighbors. It's very old school. And, and I appreciate things like that. I, hey, Lydia, there's a lot of things back in Philly and Georgia and, and Brooklyn that we hold dear and to such high esteem. But sometimes when you travel abroad, that stuff doesn't mean anything. Right. So right. The, the most important thing is the essence that you and I have. And, and I think that shines more than any sort of uh, material item or status symbol we could have back in the States. No, absolutely. I agree because again, it's it's about how you make people feel, right? It's about the experience that you provide and about really just making people remember you when you're not around, right? That's what branding is. That's what experiences are all about. And in your particular industry and what you're doing, um, there, there has been a lot of kind of negative connotation when it comes to telemarketing and um, call centers and things of that nature. But you've taken a different approach, of course, to kind of debunk those ideas and those you know, that feeling that people have when they think of telemarketers. So speak to that a little bit more about how you've been able to change the way people see telemarketing. Absolutely. Well, if I ever call you during dinner, you have your right not to be friends with me anymore. So that's number <laughs> one. We don't take campaigns like that. There's a huge difference between offshore, which is Philippine and India and the Eastern call centers to a near shore, which is Mexico, Central America and South America. So uh, once again, we're extremely selective of the campaigns that come in here. Now, uh, as much as I'd like to grow, we're about 150 right now. I have to make sure I can fulfill the agent's needs and also that we're realistic with the client in regards to their expectations and the metrics that they're looking for. So also the agents come in here and it's very important for me once again to put into perspective a fear that they might have about telemarketing. What they've done by learning a second language, Lydia, is 10 times harder than what they're about to do on the phone. So we put that to bed immediately. Secondly, I make sure that they're prepared 
because a lot of the times people may be calling you or you're calling into a company and they haven't been trained properly. And so it's important for me that they know their script, they know their rebuttals, but they also have active listening. They just don't hedge answers by saying, yeah, okay, um, no, I, I want them to ask you, Lydia, a follow-up question. Yeah. Like we did prior to this podcast, we're talking about a thousand things and, and finding out more information. And I, I think that makes the agent more engaged in the call. I think you can have a first call resolution because once someone vents and gets it out, we active listening and we slice it and dice it and, and work with them by addressing every issue. Not only is there a reason why we can't retain that client, we could probably get a referral out of them, maybe even an upsell. And let's say worst case scenario happens, Lydia, and they don't have a positive experience. Maybe they'll take the time to explain to us areas in which we could improve or what our competition is doing on why we might have lost that account. So every single call should be slowed down a little bit. We judge calls, Lydia, on quality control and quality assurance. There's a department that I have that follows KPIs, which are key performance indicators. So if I'm qualifying you, I got to make sure I ask specific questions and, and walk through the form. But you and I, Lydia, we'd be looking more for the soft skills, We'd want to make sure that I'm using your name and you're using my name, or hypothetically, if I got transferred to you from someone at your company, that I would do a positive escalation. Right. Lydia, I would be mentioning all the individuals that assisted me prior to that call to you and doing it not only verbally, but also when I follow up in a written email. And so when I happen to call your company back, that individual that filters your calls and works with you would compliment me for complimenting them. And so these are some of the ethical soft skills that we do on the phone to reduce any sort of rabbit holes or frustration. We, we love to say, for my clarification, Lydia, instead of, excuse me, could you repeat that if there's a dog barking in the background? And a lot of the times we'll use a Me Too technique. If there is a dog barking because people are working at home, I will inadvertently and passive aggressively let you know how much I love dogs. And then I'll ask you the follow-up question, what's the dog's name? And Lydia, you're going to say Fluffy. So then I'm going to be like, put Fluffy outside. I love dogs. They're great. And so it's an excellent time for me and you to have an anchoring moment where put the selling aside. We'll talk about your dog for a minute. And that's usually when you'll ask me my name again. And I will say, that's a great question, Lydia. Thank you so much. My name is Richard. And then you name drop me. And so these are some of the wonderful engagement strategies that we do for prospecting and customer support in order to enrich the experience for people. Oh, that's amazing. And I love that you, like you said, soft skills, which is a lost art, Richard. I mean, soft skills, that's not something that I don't think they teach that in school anymore, how to be able to really just soft skills and interpersonal skills, really how to engage and connect and all of those amazing things, especially with the world of social media. Now people are just so distant and just so removed from processes and different things like that. How have you been able to combat that when it comes to your training and really being able to help your team to be able to connect with people on that deeper level? Absolutely, and I can easily answer that, but I'm, may I ask you a personal question? Sure, sure. Isn't that how we were raised by mm -hmm. our grandparents and, and parents to have manners yes. and to introduce ourselves and, and to be respectful? And so to me, it almost seems like common sense. I. Lydia, I, I see today a lot more stuff is done non-verbally. We call them um, omni-channel non-voice support, where it could be chat, it could be emails. And so people are losing the art of speech. Mm. And so for me, since English is their second language here, 
A, they're getting a rate of return on their investment in their education like I did with Spanish. But I take it a step further. I want them to really study the thesaurus so they can expand on their vocabulary with similes. Let me give you a perfect example. Instead of saying, Lydia, allow me to help you. I could help you, but also you're a self-reliant woman. You can help yourself. So there might be some offense there. I'd rather use words like guide, assist, and lend a hand. So not only can I expand their vocabulary, but Lydia, you and I can do it diplomatically and strategically in order for people to feel better. And so I am really trying to, once again, make a game out of engagement. And there's also some additional advanced skills that I do. Remember how I spoke earlier about micro-expression reading, and it's right. it's very easy to read people's body language face-to-face. Well, my good friend here at the call center, you and I are eliminating three of our senses. We can't taste, touch, or smell. No. And, and so we both studied the scientists that say that if you happen to lose one of your senses, your others expand. Mm-hmm. And so I am expecting active listening in the background, but People claim you can't see anything on the phone. Well, I, I say quite the contrary. There, there is metaphysics. And Lydia, don't tell me that the book is 10 times better than the movie because of your imagination. And there is nothing wrong with expanding your adjectives and your descriptions when speaking with people. And so I think by doing that sort of engagement, then you become much more lucid on the phone. Now, there are some times in my opinion, that people will give you a tell sign when there might be, they might be facetious or there might be times when they need to clarify to you. May I walk you through a couple quick steps in regards to being able to gauge people's first time conversations with you? Sure. Wonderful. I believe, Lydia, that every conversation has an introduction of body and conclusion. And also we mentioned earlier that attention spans really run between 30 seconds to two minutes. We can reset that again. And so when we're speaking with people, there might be a time that they might adjust their speaking rate and their speaking level. Phonetics is broken down into four sections. You have your tone, rate, pitch, and duration. You and I have a confident and empathetic tone. That should be consistent. But you've also studied mirror imaging. Well, I believe we should mirror image their speed and their speaking level. Why? Because every 30 seconds to two minutes, Lydia, if they happen to do a spike or a dip, that might be a tell sign for you and I to ask a rebuttal or a tie down question, asking if it makes sense or if it sounds good right. Because these are sort of checkpoints and confirmations in a conversation just to ensure that we're still on the same page. If not, you're going to speak for 20 minutes and not have an appointment. And I also believe that that can be manipulated. People can manipulate their tone rate and pitch, but Lydia, The ultimate tell sign is their answering speed. That's subconscious. Let me put it this way. That's an excellent way to see if they are consistent in regards to their speech patterns. And that is one time when you really should be asking a confirmation question with them. I also like when I'm also describing multiple items, not to do desert pitching, where you speak too much and there's no oasis to take a drink. If I am relating to you the three or four things that leaders on the rise do, make sure you mention A and then wait a second for your positive reinforcement. And if you do, we take it from horizontal, Lydia, to a vertical. And then we start stacking open-ended questions for you. And after I give a whole list of what leaders on the rise does, I'm going to say, hey, Lydia, you like at least one, don't you? (laughs) So at least I get one. 
And then in, at the end of the call, the conclusion, I'll make sure once again to say, Lydia, since you have me on the phone, and I know you liked A, we spoke about B, C, and D. Oh, I like D. You do. So we can review that again. We're raking in a very passive aggressive way. Always review uh, information in military alphabet because you and I both have known someone that served and we're proud of that. And instead of ending the call, we're on the phone for another five minutes. And then I will make sure that when I do send an email that there is a positive written escalation to anybody that assisted me. And, And so if you do this sort of Richard circle, and you show this active listening and asking confirmation questions and tie down questions and really paying attention to that spike in our dip. You will, well, Lydia, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And right. after three weeks, it becomes habit. Right. I believe that you will be a little bit more, as I say, lucid mm-hmm. and astute when you're speaking with people. It's, it's not being clever, but excuse me, if they're giving you certain tell signs and you're paying attention to it, there's no reason why you can't not manipulate the conversation, but really move it in a certain way, a woo way where there's no resistance and is pretty much leading itself. Oh, wow. So it's like, it's like literally an art form. It's like really learning how to navigate and guide and just kind of just feel out the conversation as it's happening as opposed to just being part of something and not really being present. So to Lydia, speak. we're dancing. In yes. And you have to choose if it's fast or slow. Are you going to lead or am I going to lead? But either way, there's still, and, and mind you this, if there's any sort of interruption or crosstalk, that's on me and you. Because once again, we're not matching their speed. I, I need to know their tell signs. Because if I'm speaking at a certain rate, I can't read them. And there could be something that after a period of time, you might need to reset it again because you did a different read. I believe that within about... 11, 30 seconds where you analyze them, that's five and a half minutes on a 10 minute conversation. I can really lock them in on tell signs. And for the remaining four and a half minutes on that 10 minute call, I'm pretty much guiding it towards the end. And so it's almost like a chess game. You and I really need to be two or three steps ahead or almost like when we're driving, seeing the potholes or certain areas to swerve. It's nothing severe because we're professional speakers. But once again, these are first time conversations with people and, and there could be a very, very good chance that they are there with you physically, but mentally they're somewhere else. And so I'm constantly doing a five to one pronoun to name drop with you. I'll keep saying your, you, your to bring you back in and then go, hey, Lydia, does that make sense? Boom. And then yeah. I do the power bomb for the for the tie down question. And, and that's just an excellent way once again to keep people in on their attention span on your conversations. That's amazing because of course, whenever you call out someone's name, of course, that's when they, they perk up and they, they're listening again. Right. So essentially. Yeah. yeah, Right. Right. (laughs) So essentially doing that call out helps to bring them back into the moment and helps to really keep them grounded and anchored in the conversation. Do a quarter second slide on a pronoun. You're my, that's how we do in Philly. Hey, you are, we're going to get, yeah. And so we can do that. And then Lydia is done in the beginning or at the end of four or five sentences just to really do the solid checkpoint to make sure Lydia is with me. And I will get that confirmation from you. Does does it sound too structured? Not when you're doing it fluently. I was going to say, yes. It just needs, it's like dedicated practice, Lydia. 
Look what you do and look at the business you built. You made it look easy. But the more pictures I see you online and the more podcast episodes, I realize the work you did, but I also don't see the work you've done off the air Mm. and the preparation you've done. Right. They only see the hour. They don't see the five hours that you prepare for this. And so people have to do their dedicated practice. And if they do, they'll be aces. Right, right, right. And the same could go for a lot of, I mean, that translates into a lot of industries, a lot of different careers, because people make it look easy because they're professionals and they're artists and whatnot. But there's a lot of preparation that goes on in the background in order to be able to show up in that way. So that's, that's amazing. And who would think that it applies to the world of telemarketing or um, call centers? And now I know I'm saying the word telemarketing, is that a taboo word in the industry? Not at all. I mean, okay. Hopefully, you know, if there's ever a chance you're in an emergency and you call someone and they answer and save you, that's a great call. Okay. Um, It really depends. Ethically, I know people can earn a living so many different ways. And once again, we do not compromise our ethics, values, and morals here. Now, you may get hung up on and someone may curse at you. I mean, that's what you sign up for. But, but, But I believe that there's a lot of people that you and I know that do work in customer support. Mm-hmm. or work in other verticals outside of the structure infrastructure call center that may be making or receiving calls. Even your company makes and receives calls. We, right. You just might not have a quality assurance department or a predictive dialer that we use or you know our server room, but it's still the same concept and it's still the same art. And I still have the same respect for it. Absolutely. And it's it's part of the experience you create, right? Because in the world of branding, it's all about the experience. And we tell our clients that everything from the way someone answers the phone to Mm -hmm. the the way that you communicate with them, to the product that you give them, all of that is part of the brand experience that you're creating. So I think it's very important that they understand that a phone call, (laughs) it means a lot. It means a lot, especially um, how it, it plays out. So let's talk about your ideal client because you talked about your clients and campaigns and whatnot. What are your ideal clients? Who are they? So many different types. It's usually in the United States, Canada, and a few of Europe, people that are smaller companies looking to scale or larger companies that are looking for overflow and to compare the apples. But my ideal client, Lydia, is the first one that can respect our Costa Rican labor laws because sometimes they'll ask me to do things that we just can't do. (laughs) And so I just want to make sure we're realistic on that. My ideal client would also judge me on merit over price. Mm-hmm. I could recommend 10 call centers that can do at half my price. And, and maybe it makes sense in regards to what they're able to do. Now, I can't make twice the amount of calls an hour if I'm 50% more. But if I'm capable of doing the richer training, using a predictive dialer or coaching, am I capable of doing 50% more on that level playing field? I've been able to prove that and be able to get those seats. And then finally, it's in regards to the metrics I have to make sure that there's no surprises and that when a client asks me certain expectations that they have or what they're looking for, I listen and they'll give me their 10 points and I'll go one by one, what I believe, as you say, is a consultant, what would be in their best interest. And, and I'll usually add one or two more things, not to school them, but to establish my credibility and allowing them to know that I know what I'm talking about. And as much as you want to reverse psychology me or tell me I can make 15 calls an hour, I understand where you're going with this. (laughs) But a lot of the times I have to let you know your list isn't large enough. Your script is not complete. And 
there are certain things that onboarding this agent, you're not going to be prepared. And so once again, it's more, if anything of nothing, Lydia, they'll walk away the call with two things. A, we'll be friends. And B, if they're not qualified or by an educated point of view, we both make a decision not to move forward, at least with good faith. I took the time to walk through their script, to give them advice, not to compete against me. They could always start their own call center. Right. To let them know that they got value out of speaking with me. And anyone that takes the time, I will give them the time and hopefully earn their business. Oh, that, that's amazing. And that speaks to your character. It speaks to the, the value you bring to any conversation overall. <laughs> of course. Um, it, it, really, it really does speak to your, your personal brand as well, because I, I can tell that you, you really take pride in how you present yourself and how that is exuded throughout all of your work. Um, so kudos to you for that and for showing up as you. Thank um, you. <laughs> just, just to tap into the personal aspect of you, talk to me about the pinball machine. Is that a pinball machine behind you? That's a 1961 Ricola Regis. So I collect classic American pinball, retro arcade machines, and jukeboxes. Now, I'm not the today's gamer. Like, I don't play Xbox, PlayStation, or games on the phone. I'm literally a retro gamer. I mean, I'm an Asteroids Pac-Man kind of guy. And so uh, I made sure that I have a neutral environment, Lydia, so people can meet each other from other departments. They can let off steam. They can recharge their batteries and... I've seen even people fall in love by the air hockey table. So, I mean, things happen at this call center. But the most important thing is to show empathy. I just want people to realize that they're in a safe place. And I can not only give them job stability, but recharge their batteries. So when they leave the office, they can confront any sort of personal problems that they have and then come back the next day. That circle sort of works there, too. But really about being the best boss, as I mentioned, is about breaking bread with people and, and knowing their names. And it's it's kind of interesting in the mornings when I'm playing the pinball, I'll have people walk past me and they'll tap me on the show and go, hey, have a good morning. You're really not supposed to touch your boss, but they like me so much. They give me shoulder taps and just say, how you doing? Have a great day. And I don't know about you, Lydia, that means we're winning. Yes. That means they're coming back the next day. And But you, my largest challenge is attrition. There are companies such as Amazon, HP, Intel, and Oracle here. So you and I compete against the big boys. Mm. All right, fine. Well, people will leave me because of a schedule closer to their home, a boyfriend or girlfriend working there. But Lydia, I'll tell you this, no one's ever going to leave because you and I defaced them, embarrassed them, made them cry, didn't pay them. No way. I mean, I understand what happens. And Sometimes people will just leave me without even a two weeks notice after being with me for years. I don't know why they can't look in my eyes and shake my hand and say, Richard, we had a great run. It's my pleasure. My goal is to be the last boss they ever have, but not saying it's this generation, but I've seen certain things where they come in strong, the bells and the whistles, your next future leader. And the next thing you know, they disappoint you. And so that's part of this game where there is a lot of rotation. And so one of the things I could really do is just get old school with them because I sometimes can't compete against Jeff Bezos and his agents. So I will know your name. We will play games together, break bread together and train together. Mm -hmm. And if you like my sort of smaller mom and pop, get to know who you are so you can rise in the ranks quicker. You're in the right place. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, and that, that speaks to the company structure or culture rather that you're creating because culture is very important, right? Um, okay. Especially in, in Costa Rica. So there's already a culture there. Um, but in addition to that, you have a company culture that you're creating where people feel they can have that safe space, like you said, to be able yeah. to come and play games and let off some steam and just kind of relax and want to come to work the next day. I think that's amazing that you're creating such an environment. And they're supposed to be afraid of me. Right. I'm, a, I'm a North American business owner and I could scare you and fire you. And that if you're feeling like that, that's you. I mean, if you're not breaking the law, why are you afraid of a cop? If you're not cheating, why are you afraid of a teacher? And if you're showing up to my work on time, pen at the ready, ready to go, why would you be afraid of me? Mm-hmm. Don't blame me on what happened at your last job as I'm not blaming you right. on what happened with Joey that wasn't making his calls yesterday. I, I believe in people getting a clean slate and growing from there. And so you and I today are breaking all of the stereotypes on what it's like to be a CEO, a telemarketer, a business owner, CEO of a call center. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. We're old school. We love our people. Yes. We give them yeah. their pride. And I dress like this in case someone's mother shows up. I can tell them how great Lydia is today. She's my best. <laughs> you know, so, so everybody gets points. That's once again, my friend, that's how you and I were raised. Yes. And that's why people gravitate towards us. Absolutely. And again, we embody that, you know, and and how do you speak to those who may have not been fortunate to be raised a certain way where they maybe have these benefits and the teachings and these mannerisms and all of that? Like, how, what do you do in the space where they don't have those tools, so to speak? Well, my favorite agents. It could be someone that's coming in here with no bad habits mm-hmm. or somebody that never had the teacher, the mentor, the parent, or the best friend. Now, I'm not going to be their father, right. but I will see their potential. And I'm not just going to say, good job, champ. What do you mean, champ? Why don't I listen to the call and let them know that I invested in them and give them these sort of soft skills? And then sometimes I'll even tell them to make their bed in the morning. You know, just to start with the respect of yourself. Right. And I'll tell them to iron their shirt. I'm like, come on, buddy. <laughs> You're going to be looking better today. So I'm the kind of guy that will call the balls and the strikes. Yeah. And I will let them know. And let's just say, because this is a demanding job and it's a rainy Wednesday and they're tired. I'll see that. And I'll say, I'm not going to write them up or embarrass them. I'll go, come on, Jeff. why don't we go to the bathroom, throw a little water on your face and get back for the second half push. I'm not in trouble. With whom? You're the boss. Of whom? I work with you come on, buddy. I was in your shoes. Let's get back there and do this again. And so this is our Philadelphia coaching. This is Rocky. This is 15 rounds. This is no excuses. And this is me doing you do me today, you tomorrow. And there've been certain days when they pump me up, I pump them up. And that's the sort of synergy that we've created here too. And so these are young kids and I gotcha. And maybe I am their first good boss or mentor and I'm willing to take that responsibility. And I will do what I can during these business hours to fall on a sword for them, Mm. to work with them, to give them a second chance. If they're not breaking a labor law, they totally get second chances. I'll figure it out. I'll crack your code. You wanna know what the real secret is, Lydia? You're gonna love this. When people come in and they're filling out my applications, they put in everything you want them to write. But then I say, hey, Lydia, do me a favor, flip it over and give me two paragraphs of a coming of age moment. What's a coming of age moment? I go, great, let me explain it to you. It's the first time you beat up a bully or save the kitten out of the tree. So then these people are writing in English this amazing story of when they were 12 and they won 
So I judge their grammar, spelling, and vocabulary, but I get to learn something about you. Yes. So when you're having that tough day, I go, come on, Philly, you know what you (laughs) need to do. Step back up. You know what you have to do. And so they they get it and it works. And they and they respond. Yes, that's amazing because they actually they feel heard in that environment. You know, they feel like as if you you know who they are, you listen to them and you you just they feel heard and seen because that's very important. It's the least we could do. How much more can we do? Right, right. Uh Uh-huh. Right. That's amazing. And I love that. I love that philosophy <laughs> that you have. Yes, yes. So if someone is listening and they want to be part of this world, whether it's um, as a client, whether it's as an agent, how do they learn more about how to become part of your world? Well, they can buy a plane ticket and fly down to Costa Rica and visit me. Um, <laughs> they can watch this podcast, of course, and take some amazing notes and realize what it's like to start a company. Uh they could always give me a call at 888-271-6750. Shoot me an email, CEO at Costa Rica's call center.com. And we have an amazing Facebook fan page. And I told you this prior to the podcast, they cannot wait to meet you, Lydia. And so once <laughs> this goes live, I'm going to put it there for them. And if anybody wants to join it and look at it, you'll really get a good pulse on what the business process outsourcing industry is in Costa Rica. And for those that don't know, it's a democratic society. We have no standing army, a 95% literacy rate, amazing infrastructure, cost of living is about a third of the states. And as I say, if you jump on a direct flight out of Philly, Atlanta, or anywhere, you could be here in just a couple hours. And so a lot of people love the fact of our proxemics to the United States. But if anybody wants to start their own company, it's just remember the naysayers and the gray believers. These are the people that love you the most and they care about you and just don't want you to get hurt. But sometimes their N-O means, Lydia, they don't K-N-O-W enough about your vision quest, about your spiritual journey, about the stars being aligned or your one in a million shot or, or the sort of intuitions that move you towards doing something. Now, I never met you before and you and I, you know, wrote a couple of times back and forth, but your work inspired me enough to write you. And not only that, but your energy and my energy, obviously water seeks its own level. Mm -hmm. And if there's ways that entrepreneurs from their first day to their 14th year can get together and share these ideas, then you and I are doing our job. And I think we've accomplished our goal today of what we were both looking to do. Yes. I, I mean, I, I really, really love it because a lot of what you you spoke about t- talks to branding and the brand experience that we like to create here at Prayer Branding Group with our clients um, yeah. and really just getting back to just seeing people and hearing them and really just really tuning in, you know, really tuning into what people's needs are and those those basic needs, you know. Um, and really just being there for them and showing up for them. And I love that you talked about empathy because that's a big part of what I do um, when it comes to my team. And it's a struggle. I'm not going to lie, Richard. It's a struggle because you see this culture here in the United States, in the States, I'm sure you're familiar with it, where it's about being aggressive and being this, this bring the hammer down type of a person and being this boss kind of thing and trying to be someone who's empathetic and compassionate and caring in the midst of all that can sometimes give the impression that you're either soft or weak or whatever the case may be. So trying to battle that within your own self, sometimes it's something that I struggle with and I'm just being honest. Mm -hmm. So um, 
I, I, I do try and stick to it and say, you know what, if, as long as I continue to be this good, empathetic person, the people who understand what I'm trying to achieve will get it and they'll be loyal and they'll be trusting and it'll turn out for the best for everyone. Because if if they win, I win, you know, so creating that company culture is something that I'm really big on as well. I couldn't agree with you more. Lydia, may I make a suggestion? Sure. Wonderful. A lot of my agents here sometimes become plastic. They mm. become a print. Okay. They're too well rehearsed. Mm. They're too commercialized, too Hollywood. Yes, yes. And what happens is they're not a painting anymore. They're not raw, right? They lost the essence of what got them into this in the first place. Mm. And so I've always been true to myself. I, I really haven't changed except I lost a little hair, but I'm still the same guy that I was <laughs> back in Philadelphia. And it's made me more humble. And I know this, stop being a, a character, be in character, be, be this Lydia that people gravitates towards. Because if I ever saw you screaming at somebody or pounding that fist, I would say that's completely out of character. That is totally not Lydia. And she's got a bad vibe today yes. and something must be going on. And so I, I think if you need to reject a certain client because of that, then I would prefer that. Mm -hmm. I'd prefer you to turn down more clients than you accept because I'd rather have you be Lydia because you don't need to earn a dollar that way. And I don't need you losing sleep or being upset or having somebody that calls and yells at you. That's unnecessary. Right. And so I learned that really early in business, not to compromise that sort of balance and focus that, that I have that makes me relentlessly positive. And even though things are, let's say, challenging in the States, it's only because they make it challenging. Lydia, don't you ever change. And you need to continue to do what you do. Yes. And every single photograph I see you with all of your friends and all of your events, you're always the center of attention. You're always smiling. And people are really happy to be with you. And I, I really don't want that to change. And it's not worth any sort of money that you can make because as I say before, you'll be much more successful being true to yourself. So you can look at yourself at the end of the day. You can give yourself five. Yes. And, and you can also continue to have the sort of mutual respect that you and I have and the others that know you so well. Yes. That would be my only suggestion. And, and I hear where you're going with that. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I left the United States, even though I'm a very proud American. But I also, as I mentioned, these predisposition opinions and careers in Northeast Philadelphia and Jacobtown and Abington, yeah. a nice place to grow up. And there's also a lot of pressure there. And maybe it wasn't like I was doing the white flag. I just realized my energy and attention could be done differently. Yes. And so maybe I was the dreamer back in the day, but that's okay. Because as I mentioned before, I'm living a very happy life and I want you to have that. And if anybody is listening to this right now, do your due diligence, maybe dip your toe in the water a little bit, testing other careers. So you're not losing what's generating money for your family unit at the moment. I know you want to be free and you have these, and I, I think it's great but there's a lot of preparation and responsibility. And, and Lydia, that's why I started my business at 35. As much as I wish I was a whiz kid in my teens or a genius in my twenties, I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't ready enough for contracts and that sort of job stability responsibility. Now I am, now I can handle it. And I was still finding myself. 
And so don't feel rushed. Don't be hard on yourself. Certain things happen naturally. And if I didn't work at my friend's center for the four years, young lady, I would have never learned the business. And I would have never heard what it was like from the agent, from the proletariat, not the sea level. That gave me the confidence to do it. And, and let me share something else. I never took a loan. There was no partner. It was just my wife and I. And as my grandmother taught me, that if you can't do something with cash, you just don't do it. And so I first started renting a turnkey station. And after a couple of years, I saved enough money to rent space and build out the space. After renting that for six years, I had enough money to build my own call center. So I'm the tortoise. I'm not the hare. It's not bells and whistles. It's actually quite boring. It's extremely conservative. But what it also did was it allowed me to sleep at night in case I lost a client. I could still pay my bills and I could weather any storm. And so if I could give you some boring old school A to Z, how not to get in trouble to start your business, (laughs) that would be my recommendation to anybody in your audience that would like to start from scratch. Oh, that was amazing. And thank you for that insight and for pouring into me in that way, because um, that has been something that I've been challenged with. And again, this show is about talking about leaders on the rise and about the struggles they have and how they've overcome that. It's not about pretending you're perfect and you have all the answers and 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 being able to own up to that is what makes us leaders. Right. So thank you for that, because that really does help reinforce that what I'm doing is good um, and that I am on the right path, um, because sometimes we need that we need that reinforcement as well. And to get it from another leader um, is amazing. So thank you so much for pouring into me in that manner. No, I'm so happy to have been here today to not just add wind in your sails, but look what you've done for me, introducing me to your audience and and look at our friendship. I can't wait for you to come down and do our I know. (laughs) I can't wait to come to Costa Rica. I'm so excited. Well, you deserve it. You work so hard. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, no, thank you so much. Tourism here is gorgeous. We it have is? volcanoes. We have waterfalls. You can do zip lining. There are certain places where monkeys and iguanas come right up to your room to try to steal your fruit. Wow. And it's just, um, you'll fall in love with the peaceful okay. nature. You right. will almost have a moment to find yourself. And that's awesome because that's a big part of my journey as well is getting more acclimated with nature and getting more into nature because um, I've been on this feminine journey aspect of my within myself as well to kind of lead more into my femininity. And yes. a big part of that is becoming more embracing nature a bit more um, because there's a lot of peace and serenity in nature. So that's funny that you said that because that is a big part of what I want to do is to get more in the, in the, put my hands more in the nature and really just get more, you know, find that serenity and peace that's already there, that already exists. I try to take as much me time as possible so I can take my shoes off and walk in grass or on sand. Yeah. I could be outside washing the convertible or just doing something where I can put my phone away, decompress and start to let my mind wander. I like that. I like that. And so there are times when you and I might overextend ourselves or sometimes we don't say enough. Mm-hmm. And by allowing us to walk away for a minute and to digest it, then we can reset yes. and come back and make even better decisions. So sometimes on those big decisions, don't rush, give yourself time and don't go to that circle as well. Maybe talk to people outside the circle right. and just you can get a different perspective on what you're doing as well. 
I like that. Thank you so much, Richard, for joining me today and for being such a pleasant and peaceful and serene guest. <laughs> oh, we, this was a great time. <laughs> it the best was, time. it was. And it's, I know it's the first of many. Um, so I'm looking forward to being a part of your world and you being part of mine, um, because that's what it's about. It's about connecting. It's about growing. It's about building community all the way across the, oh, the seas and stuff. So I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and to talk to my audience and share these amazing nuggets of wisdom. We completely support what you do and looking forward to your success as well. Absolutely. And again, that is Richard Blank, <laughs> all the way coming from all the way from Costa Rica to be able to share some knowledge with us. And thank you so much. What's the website where they can find more information about you again? Costa Rica's callcenter.com. Awesome. Very simple. Costa Rica's callcenter.com. Be sure to check it out and learn more about Richard and his story and how you can be able to learn more about the wonderful world of call centers. <laughs> thank you again, Richard. Thank you, Lydia. <laughs> Lydia here thank you so much for listening to Leaders on the Rise if you are a successful CEO founder, C-suite executive decision maker successful business leader or an influential entrepreneur who would like to be on this podcast please visit pierrebrandinggroup.com slash podcast to apply if you got something out of this interview you would like to share on social media just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag leaders on the rise. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean so much to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, pierrebrandygroup.com, or follow me on LinkedIn and Instagram at LydiaPierre underscore. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.